0: There's a critical part to doing life with each other that is about we, we a need to go beyond. Like to go beyond just um, the surface level of things and the smiling on a Sunday um, and to, to cut sometimes cut through some feelings that might creep in occasionally. Because even after a fun night... Feelings can creep in unwanted. Like sometimes we could feel that we missed out. You know, we, did, we weren't noticed. We put everything into what we did, but it wasn't really noticed. Or or maybe we could have a conversation even on a Sunday and things like that. And, and it's just just a little bit, I walk away and I go, oh, that just, I uh, didn't like that. <laughs> Do you know that not one person voted for my artwork. What? Not even you. <laughs> <laughs> you, vote for either, I you vote. What just seemed wrong to vote for yourself? <laughs> I shouldn't have been helping with the tally, should I? I wouldn't have known otherwise. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, just, it's little things like that. I could. I didn't actually expect anyone to vote for it, but but that that whole that little thought can jump in and go, oh, like no one appreciated it. No one liked what I did. And it's easy for those thoughts to spiral. It's really easy to then just go, is there other things I don't like? Like do they like me preaching? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are there other things about me that people don't like? And so, you know, it's so easy to start going down that track and and starting to brood in that space. And in no time at all, I feel like I don't have a friend. I'm feeling disconnected and I don't have a place to belong. And they might seem kind of a bit trivial. Like, I mean, that's a little bit of a... But you know, there are real hurts that happen too. There are real things that happen even in this family we call church that that hurt. You know, outside I might be in a life group, I might be serving, I might be doing things, but sometimes there can still be this little blockage and something's not quite right. And what I find and what I see in the Bible is that most of the time, the only person who can fix that is me. <laughs> that I can, I'm the only one that can deal with that and the only one that can fix it. And as I reflected on this, you know, we remember that, that when we decided to follow Jesus, that he gave us a gift. And that gift is just such the, the most simple and complicated ingredient In our personal life, that is our key to freedom. It's our key to feeling loved. And it's our key to feeling included, like feeling those things. Because sometimes they can be happening, but we don't feel it. It's the key to being family. And, you know, we were given this gift when we most needed it. But we actually find it hard to give to others. And that gift was forgiveness. Because in this family, in this church, we actually need forgiveness for each other. We need it to be part of our culture, to be part of the breathing fabric of who we are. Because we actually need to go beyond the polite Sunday, <laughs> beyond the comfort of people who care about me. And you know, and the ones that that show that, we actually kind of have to reach into the parts of our heart that are hurting because we think we've been failed in some way, that that someone hasn't cared, the church hasn't cared in some way. Because, yeah, sometimes we do get hurt. You know, last month we were going through Colossians, and in Colossians 3, Paul deals with this. He deals with that, that whole idea of that, that the church actually needs to have love and forgiveness within the church. In verse twelve he says, Since God shows you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender heart and mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Like we think that those should just happen. <laughs> but Paul's saying, No, you actually have to put these things on. And you need to make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Because he says, Remember that the Lord forgave you, and so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Paul's he's showing us like it's it's there, it's probably in the Colossian church. It's happening. There are things going on, and Paul's saying just you need to bear with people's faults you need to be able to deal with them and forgive them you need to be able to find a way to break through and offer love because that's the thing that's going to join us together as his church and and we know that we need to do this generally like we know it's a part of of life that we should be forgiving part of loving others it's it's in the Lord's prayer, Lord forgive me as I forgive other people. like when we say that we remind ourselves I have to forgive others and you know God's forgiven me. And so Paul in this first century was you know specifically reminding the church that that this was crucial to God's people. it was crucial to who his people gathered together as well. but I kind of think well why did they need reminding? <laughs> because, You know, this church, this family, like, haven't we all been saved? Aren't we all perfect now? Haven't we all got it together? (laughs) Like, don't you all live in perfect families? No? (laughs) Anyone here got a perfect family? (laughs) Often our deepest hurts, you know, are actually coming from the people that we expect to love us. And we walk in these doors and we think, oh, there's a group here of people who are going to love me because Jesus loves them and Jesus loves me. And so they're going to love me. And so we have expectations of each other that that there's not going to be any hurt. But actually, unfortunately, (laughs) that just happens. Because even under God's family, even the smallest thing that we can take offense at and we can find ourselves... And if we don't tend that wound, if we don't pour on it life-giving, refreshing, healing water of forgiveness, it's just going to fester. Yeah. And believe it or not, the church in Colossae was not the first one to have this problem either. <laughs> I know, it's strange, isn't it? But one day, Peter, impetuous and bold that that disciple, he came up to Jesus and he asked him, he said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Like, how, how often is it going to happen? <laughs> like, how often is one of these guys that's hanging around with me, how often are they going to do something that I really hate? And how often do I have to forgive them because it's starting to get on my nerves? I think that's what he was saying underneath. Like, seven times, is that enough? Can I, after that, can I take revenge? <laughs> and so, you know, he brings this to Jesus. I don't know if this was in public. does not think it specifically says that. But he comes to Jesus with this, this query. And so Jesus responds. This is in Matthew 18. He says, not just seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared. Like Jesus is saying, like this, this kingdom of heaven that, that we're in now, this family of God, this thing I'm ushering in, he's not talking about at this point the world. He's actually talking about his kingdom. Like you have to do this not just seven times. You have to do it over and over and over in my kingdom and he told this story this parable he said the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants when he began to settle he was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents and since he could not pay his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children all that he had and the payment to be made so the servant fell on his knees imploring him And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That story does my head in. (laughs) Like that the kingdom of heaven should have such problems. (laughs) Okay, I get that for the world. But the kingdom of heaven, how does that work? And then the high expectation that God is putting on us to receive mercy, that's harsh. And I just, I take a breath and I go, how does this work? Because you see, there's a tension. Like in the kingdom of heaven, there's a tension that Jesus is talking about. Because even though Jesus has come, It's not yet, but it's now. And so not yet are we living as perfect people. Not yet are we living with whole and healed bodies. Not yet are we living in a space where there is abundance and and all every need is met. But now I still have problems. Now I still feel things. Now I still struggle with things. Because this kingdom now is being outworked in us with all our faults and everything that goes on within us. We are actually living this kingdom out, but maybe not so well sometimes. And in this family on earth, there are problems still. But Jesus is saying it just, it breaks his heart. Like the extremity of the, you know, what the master does there is trying to show the depth of passion that God feels for this. That it breaks his heart when we don't give the gift that we have been given. When we withhold from other people the very thing that's given us life. Now, I do need to clarify something because I'm not actually talking about tolerance. I'm not talking about tolerance of wrongdoing. I'm not talking about being taken advantage of in any way whatsoever. If an offence is unlawful, (laughs) if an offence is violating, if an offence is manipulating, that has to be acted upon. Like you cannot stay silent on that. That action sits then alongside forgiveness. But if any of those things ever happened within our church, in any church that you belong to, it actually needs to be addressed. And it needs to start with speaking up, maybe for yourself, if you've got the voice, maybe for a friend, if they don't. Telling pastoral care, your life group leader, Come you're serving under, telling leadership, board. On the screen, we also have a number. I don't know, it seems weird in the middle of a message, but this is real. <laughs> like we do actually have an independent number as a C3 church. If something is wrong, seriously wrong, then it needs to be acted upon. We know it's been the history in our worldwide church. We don't want it to be history here. But alongside this, alongside this thing, this need to act, to speak, forgiveness needs to sit. It needs to walk with it. And the reason is that, you know, any consequences may be necessary, but but forgiveness is not actually about accepting a wrong. It's not about justifying something that's gone on it's not about accepting it. Forgiveness is about our heart. Forgiveness is about our response to what Jesus has done, outworked for another person. Forgiveness is actually between me and God, not actually between the person who has wronged me in a funny way. It's actually a transaction I do with God. Because the stain of my sin before God, that severed me from relationship. And that's what offence does. It breaks that relationship that we have. And if I'm hurt by another, I break it off too. And when I sinned against God, you know, I wasn't actually even aware of my offence. I'm not sure that any of us are were. David talks about it, it's from our birth that we've sinned. We don't even have a clue until we come to an understanding of who God is. And you know what? I wasn't even born when Jesus forgave me. (laughs) Like, Like, it just, Jesus restored my relationship way before anything happened. Through forgiveness, long before I sinned. He actually poured out his life-giving water, his life-giving blood, way before to wash me clean. All I had to do was step into that when I got the point, when I understood, when I knew my position, when I understood the offence that I had taken, I'd made. And and that's why this whole, this concept of forgiveness in the church, can, or even the concept of forgiveness with anyone, once we know how much we've been forgiven, once we understand that forgiveness came way first before any offense, before anything, we can understand that I can never wait for a sorry. I can never wait for an understanding Or an acknowledgement. Because that person may never know that I was offended. Forgiveness needs to come first. Now, David did, he got the point, he understood he sinned. And in Psalm 51, when he understood the point where he'd made his mistake, he said, against you and you alone Have I sinned, even though his offence was to other people? I have done what is evil in your sight, and you will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. But David goes on in verse 7, he says, Purify me from my sin, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. David is longing for what forgiveness brings. It brings a restoration. It brings a restoration of relationship. It brings a freedom. It brings a joy. And David knew that, that that that's where forgiveness, that's what comes with forgiveness. You know, just as we finish up here, I might just get Mark to come up. I really wanted to talk about this this morning because I care so deeply about our church. You guys are family to me. And I care so much for each and every one of you. that I really want, I want us to know that that relationship goes forward, relationship flows, loneliness disappears, joy flows, freedom, freedom exists, when we we care about the little things that are, that are happening in our heart, and we start dealing with them ourselves, And like we all know that sorry actually doesn't heal anything. Sorry is great to start the process occasionally, but it can never heal anything. It's forgiveness that heals things. It's forgiveness that heals those wounds. And it's forgiveness that starts as words just to ourselves got to say it. we just got to say, I forgive. And then as we sort of start sitting with that, maybe we can start progressing and we can actually let God we know forgive. We can say, God, I, I forgive that, that person. I forgive that situation. We can ask him to help us. God, can you help me a little bit more? I'm struggling here. And you know, as those words actually happen, they start pouring in an oil to soothe the wound, to heal it. And eventually that trickles down to the heart. Because that's how it works in the kingdom of heaven. We forgive our brothers and sisters from our heart. And it's in that place that healing comes and relationship and family they're restored and and then joined and it's that place i come back to next time and next time and next time (laughs) 70 times 7 if necessary but i don't think jesus is actually asking us to count But today, as we finish, I just, you know, I just wanted to say, it's actually hard to know forgiveness until we've been forgiven truly. It's hard to know how to give something that we've never actually experienced. And so, you know, if you're sitting here today and you've actually never felt the forgiveness of Jesus, like it is actually a real feeling. It's not just something we know in our head. It's not just a, oh, yep, I know that as a Christian, I am forgiven. It's actually a feeling of, oh, my goodness. He's my Lord. And I did that. I remember that for me. I remember the time that it all like hit and I felt so bad. I could not understand how God could forgive that. It was the bizarrest thing to suddenly, after growing up as a Christian, to actually realize that God was God. (laughs) And to be faced with that, and, and get it that I was not who I thought I was I wasn't as good as I thought I was I did feel dirty I did, I literally felt dirty and I sat with that stupid me <laughs> for a couple of weeks might have been a week I think it was just feeling rotten and God doesn't want that know what God wants. He doesn't want us to feel sitting in this horribleness of what who we are against Him. He's got a gift for us. And I remember the day that I accepted that gift and I stepped into that water and it literally did feel like I had been washed white as God's forgiveness it is completely and utterly overwhelming and cleansing and it's forever and ever and if you never experience that it's worth it you need to because it's then out of that then we actually it's so much easier to forgive not me anymore. There's life flowing out of me that can bring this and give this, not of my own strength, but of God's spirit flowing out. So I just want to finish in prayer and just pray over that. And as we sit here and, and, you know, if you have that life, That maybe there is some unforgiveness in your heart for someone. Just let it flow. Let it pour out. Start that process now. Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you so much. That you are God. And that we might come before you. And we are not worthy to be in your presence. But you open the way. You poured out your life and your blood for us so that we can have relationship. We can come into your presence. We can absolutely know that we are worthy in you to be with you. Lord God, I pray right now for every single person in this room, that they would feel that power of your forgiveness, that they would feel the power of your cleansing over them, If they're not in the past, Lord God, that as they come to you, that you would pour that over them and wash them and cleanse them and release them, Lord God. And I pray that over all of us, Lord God, this this family, your church, whoever we are, Lord God, as we sit here, as we gather. Lord, that we would know how to flow that forgiveness through every area of our world. Lord God, through this church, out the doors, Lord God, into our workplaces, into our families. Lord God, that we would be people. We would be people who would take the gift that you have given us, Lord God, and release that into our world. I just thank you, Jesus. Amen.